Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and welcome to another brand new season of Beauty Island. Yes, we are back for season five. If you are new here or you just need a little recap, it has been a while. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them. The ones they take to a desert island or beauty island that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the first beauty product they ever bought. The one that gives them their signature look or confidence boost or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. Today, my guest is Jade Kisnorbo, top makeup artist and hairstylist who has worked with just about every Aussie celeb and influencer you can name. But makeup wasn't always the plan, with a career journey that spanned two and a bit continents, many decades, and a lot of hard work, drive, and passion. Jade is a makeup artist I have long admired, so it was a thrill to sit down and chat all things beauty with her. We talked about chasing passion, the celeb-endorsed cream that's better than Le Mer, and finally an answer to what to do about under-eye creasing when it comes to makeup, plus so many great tips and advice for both beauty and beyond. Before we get into it, I have a little favour to ask. If you enjoy this episode, please consider rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribing on Spotify. As an independent podcast, those really help podcasts grow by helping others to discover it too. Otherwise, bonus points if you get the word out there by taking a screenshot of the episode or where you're listening, upload it to your Instagram story and tag me at Beauty Island Podcast so I can see. And if you need more beauty, you can sign up to my beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty and the link is in the show notes. Now over to Jade. Enjoy. Jade, welcome to Beauty Island. I have been a massive fan of yours and your makeup artistry for a while, so I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on here. Thank you so much. (laughs) You are going to take us on a bit of a beauty journey today. So I suppose a good place to start is your first memory of beauty. Growing up with the women in your family, beauty lovers, or what can you remember from those early days of beauty? Definitely. I am a very visual person. Um, I love art. I love everything that is visual. And the first memory I have of beauty would be my grandmother, who uh, my mum's mum, she's Irish English, and she always was really advanced in like beauty treatments, everything she did. She always had Chanel number five perfume. She always wore a red lipstick. So she actually would apply her lipstick before my grandfather would come back from work. And she was just always like, she had, I remember like a hair removal laser years, like we're talking, she's passed away now, but years and years ago. And she always cared without it being vain. She just always cared about having her hair set, having it. So that was actually my first memory would be my grandmother. And my mum probably from being around that kind of steered away she like always would invest in Elizabeth Arden so every Mother's Day every Christmas my dad would go to David Jones and you know be like your mother needs another Estee Lauder another Elizabeth Arden (laughs) and I was like I'm pretty sure we got her this last year but it was what she loved and I think signature brands like that I knew at a very young age it wasn't that the women in our family did always invested in those those type of beauty products. 
I love that. And growing up, what kind of stands out from your childhood? What did young Jade want to grow up and be? Oh, God, are you ready for this? (laughs) So I naturally was a good artist, graphics, uh, everything to do with drawing. But because I was a twin, my sister kind of got that role and was like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. I'm going to, and I was like, I'm going to be, first I was going to be a graphic designer just to copy her. And then I got to school and I was like, I'm definitely going to be in health. Health is where I want to be in university. It was never, ever makeup or anything in beauty, never. <laughs> and I even got into a postgrad of physio, but definitely am not in that now. <laughs> The first product on your list is a perfume that has a special memory for you, which is Byredo's 11th Hour. Tell me about this scent. I was actually luckily sent this. Love perfumes. I love men's. I I sometimes mix and put men's cologne. I just love those smells. But I'm not really a proper feminine, feminine um, lover of of scents. I do like something a bit different. And the reason I love this, I got sent it actually um, by a generous client. And I just started, and for some reason, it reminds me of first off, clean. It makes me think holiday and clean and just light. And whenever I wear it, it just makes me happy. And I think that's what scents do. You know, they change your moods or they bring back a memory. And I think when I went away most recently to Europe um, a year ago, it's pretty much today, um, I wore that the whole time. So it's really got a, a special fond memory that I probably wouldn't have got if I didn't do what I do and have access to you know, being sent the new different smells. So I love that scent. Your your teens and early 20s, and I suppose throughout your life, but particularly those kind of formative years are when I feel like we really experiment with beauty in good ways and bad ways. <laughs> what kind of beauty looks or trends can you remember trying out that you can look back uh, on this photo? God. Yeah, well, one was straightening your hair with an iron. So when we, we went to underage, and I know with that beautiful British accent, I don't know if you had the same kind of thing in England where it was an underage nightclub here. We had chases, all these clubs, and my best friends and I and my twin sister, we would literally get out an iron and straighten, having the European background too. You had that hair. It was like silky smooth, and I'm really ashamed of putting an iron directly. But then I guess think about it now we're still doing it they're just smaller <laughs> they were putting them on that was one bad thing secondly bronzer you know I just would grab the biggest now precision is key yeah so using nice small brushes and said I would get the biggest brush just basically go for it across my whole face because all I wanted to be was brown and instead I just looked orange and no dimension to my face whatsoever <laughs> so they were the two and you know you've got others it's never ending you know this pink kind of iridescent lip I was obsessed with or even like foundation nearly nearly going into your skin tone nothing flattering at all Brittany (laughs) I remember those phases I swear a bronzer wasn't a proper bronzer unless it was like the size the pan was the size of your face it used to be huge I know (laughs) and the brush no wonder we no wonder we were putting all over a face. We can't be to blame. <laughs> yeah, we can't. The next product on your list is a bit of a new discovery, which I always love to hear about, particularly as a makeup artist. You are exposed and are trying lots of new products all the time. So this one is the Marc Jacobs Glow Away Body Stick. 
Tell me about yeah. why this is a, a new favourite. It's really an amazing product. I don't know if you've used it, but Marc Jacobs are really renowned for their bronzers. So we're talking back to like those big bronzers that they've kind of got the old school packaging. It's a circular. And I've always found the colours really good, the pigment. So it was a no-brainer when I got sent the range. Oh, okay. The only thing is it's quite large, so you wouldn't really think to put it on your face. You would think, yep, we'll just do it as a body glow. But for some reason I just put it down because I, I think I have that part as an artist. You kind of have no rules. So I just I needed a bronzer really fast. I was doing a live or something, and I grabbed it and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is, and I've never looked back. It just melts into your foundation in a different way cream foundations cream it's just really perfect it's not too creamy it's still got that little bit of dense mattifying to it and the colors are amazing so they're really brown like you look and you think even if you're really fair they're quite brown but the way that it blends into your foundation is very different so I really love this I just wish maybe the only feedback I'd say is if they could do a smaller version so you don't look so odd getting the big but it's amazing and if anyone hasn't tried it you know buy it even for you I started off just with my like decolletage putting it a bit there the bronzer and then I just next thing you know I was drawing on my face (laughs) that's half the fun of beauty isn't it that's it now as you mentioned earlier you studied I think it was anatomy health science so we're going in a very different direction and then you moved to the UK when you were 21 big move coming from Australia. What were your initial plans and when did you realise you wanted to change direction into that more creative space of makeup? That's a really good question and it's what I get asked probably the most because so many people are sitting at home and they're in a job that they don't necessarily love or they've studied something and it's just that first step. And for me, um, I really did my research and I looked and I just thought, I can't be doing this forever. I moved for love. So my husband now, um, I moved for him because his job was in England. And he was like, by the time you finish uni, you need to come over. So it was always to move over there. But I just, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't love what I did. And I didn't chase the dollar. I chased passion because I'd seen that with my husband he was like chase passion and the money will come you know um and that's what I did what did I like what did I love I just took it back to basics I loved beauty and um I'm so grateful every bone in my body that I made that change um I did my research I found the best schools in England and I looked for one that was just focused on fashion and something different I didn't want to learn bridal makeup I wanted to learn so and it was a lot of money I saved it all did it and it kind of happened pretty much not long after I moved there I worked that out so I started with smaller courses like spray tanning lashes no way were they for me I didn't have the patience for lashes it was just and it just found me makeup found me and I and I, I've never looked back but yeah that was the big jump and and I could never have predicted it I just believe that I put it out there and it, and it literally came to me. And so your husband is Australian or he was in and uh, moved to the UK or he? Yeah, he's Australian. And we met here, we knew each other like six weeks and he got a contract. He played sport and he got a contract in England and he was like, I'm going, but I really want you to come. So I finished uni, went over there and I thought, I'm one of those people, it probably shows you even in that life movement, you know, I didn't just do the safe thing. I'm like, oh, my God, no worry, and I worry everyone around me and my mom and everyone, oh, I can't do this, I can't do it, but I still jump. And I think that's the thing, If even though you can maybe complain the whole time, I would rather have jumped than to never have known. And and with doing that, I was in, for me personally, and I think speaking with you, it's not only because you're English, but 
I have such an appreciation for English beauty and and the people like Charlotte Tilbury, Lisa Aldridge. They are people I aspired and looked up to. And when before YouTube, before all this started, Lisa Aldridge was the first one and she, to start kind of a online teaching, as as you could say. And the wealth of information she had, it was like different. And this is no way to say anything bad about America, but it was just different. Your accent, the way, the research, um, the vocab, it just all to me was like music to my ears and I loved it. And then when I was taught by these people, like amazing people, and then when I did London Fashion Week, that's where my love is. Is And as soon as I hear anyone from England who's in beauty, I'm like, you get it. You get it. And Australia, we do, but you get it even more because you're just the hub, you know, you're near Italy and Milan and you're near Paris and France. And I am so grateful for those years. And coming back, I remember crying, thinking, oh God, how am I going to do this in Melbourne? But coming back, it's been amazing because over here, we like, we absorb it more. And I think we're more open to embracing it. Whereas in England, it was like, it was a race. you know um and here it's just that little bit more of embracing and 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 I like that about Australia so it's been the best of both and tell me about those early years in London studying makeup really establishing yourself in like you say it's a it can be a cutthroat industry (laughs) yeah rat race absolutely so yeah tell me about those early years the highlights and was there a particular job that you consider or an opportunity that you consider to be a real turning point in your career in the in the UK chapter there were so many and I think every a lot of people, um, you would say it too, Brittany, like a lot of people can do makeup. So if you think you're going to get on on your skill only, it's not enough. It's not enough. Even the teacher, like the, the principal, as you could say, at the school that I learned, she told us at the end of it, okay, um, this, we'd finished, we'd paid thousands. I think it was something like 10,000 pounds, 20,000 Aussie and at that time. And they were like, okay, guys, amazing. You've finished your course now. You're ready to go out there. You're ready to go. And they were like, 3% of you will have a freelance call, uh, freelance job that will give you enough money to pay mortgage, pay rent, 3%. And they churned and burned these courses. And I just thought, oh, I remember we all looking around and I was like, why have I done this? And you could see the class, just the people that were like, I'll give in, I'll give in, I've just wasted it. And people that were like, okay, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. And I remember the principal coming over and she was like, I don't know if she said it to make me feel better. She probably thought this token Aussie needs an extra hug. I don't know. But she said to me, and it will always stay with me, Britt, she goes, you're going to be okay. And I said, oh my God, what do you mean? They just told me 3%. She goes, no, because you've got something really special about you that when you're doing it, the makeup, it's not just about the makeup, it's more than that to you. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, okay. And that whenever I've had a rough time, wherever I've had a hard time, whether she was lying, I don't know, but it has helped me. <laughs> so, and then, and then she came up again because another time it was back then, like when I first started, you had to try out getting these fashion teams so for you know you had the director and then you were part of the team and it was like red lip and a black liquid liner as a grad of any makeup you're like kill me now this is the hardest thing a liquid liner it had to be perfect and a red lip and I did it and I knew it wasn't probably my best work but I did it and they were going around and they were like you're in you're in you're in. and I remember I was like and she was one of the assessors and she came over to me and she goes she said to me she goes I don't know if that was your best work, but I've seen you and you're in. And that was the first door that opened for me. And then after that, it was like floodgates. I was just in the right. And I don't believe in luck. I think 
I believe in the difference between someone going, I'm tired in the morning, I can't do this because you're not getting paid, or someone that's like, I'm tired, I'm going to wake up, this could be something that I meet someone else. So all this thing of like, oh, she's been lucky, I honestly, before I started, I believed that, but now that I'm in it, I'm like, she, anyone you see on Instagram, anyone you see, I'd say the percentage of luck is like this. I think it's more they opened their opportunities and they gave it everything. So my first one was London Fashion Week, no no word of a doubt, and probably I did for BBC a short film and that was great because it was like great train robbery. So it was like for BBC it was on and it was just like not cool makeup. It was like like you saw special effects, you saw train where they'd got hurt. It was an, a wide thing. And then the other one that I'd probably say is Chemical Brothers. Like I don't know if anyone knows, not everyone might know. We did a music video for them and that was huge. So it just kept coming and I was open to it and I didn't have kids and I didn't make any money for two years and my husband would pick me up from the station at 3am. I'd be like, oh, he's like, it's going to happen for you. It's going to happen. And I didn't give up. And I think it comes down to, and it's something that applies to any industry, not just makeup. It's that thing of like talent will only get you so far, but sometimes drive and hard work trumps talent anyway so it's like it's all about that like you you were saying persistence and drive and hard work is what separates the people that succeed from the ones that don't a hundred percent and today I got told something was on a shoot and they she one of my good friends and um and she's in the industry she was like I just listened to Oprah in the car and I was getting you know it was a podcast and she goes they said something like with success is going to come a lot of negative things. So it's going to come, and that's what you measure on success. Like if you measure Instagram as success, if you measure a wedding on the weekend as a success, if you uh, directing a makeup fashion show, whatever you measure it, people start to see you doing that. It's going to come with criticism. It's going to come with some hatred on some, but, but you need to be able to stay true to you and just keep going. And I'm sure... Mario and all the amazing makeup artists around the world do get that. The next product on your list is, I know, a staple in many people's kit and beauty bag. And it's one that I read a lot, but have never said out loud. So I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, but it is the Embrelise Le Creme Concentrate. Concentrate. Yes. Um, yeah. You couldn't see my little hand flourish there as I did a, a fake French accent. But tell me about why you love this product. I love this product because it, it it reminds me of what we're talking about today. And I've done a few different podcasts, but I've never feel like I've spoken like quite openly about how I started. So for me, this it brought that back straight away. Um, that that was what was the you know go to amazing moisturizer that didn't interfere with someone's skin that didn't have reactions everything we that is french or japanese i always found was really gentle on the skin and back then australia so even when i came back 5 years ago we could not get it in for some reason you couldn't buy it here and you couldn't buy it in london you could only buy it from French pharmacy. So I even remember one time my mum came to visit and dad and I made them go to all these Paris pharmacies to buy me it because it was just so hard and it was so, it's such an oldie but a goodie. And, you know, if you want something gentle but still makes your skin look beautiful and not interfere with like, you know, having a bad reaction on a model or on a bride or on someone, it's it's a good go-to. So I love that one. You have worked on all different types of mediums from runway shows to TV to music videos as you mentioned to photo shoots is there a particular type of makeup and beauty within those kind of different formats that you 
that you love the most? Yeah, which is my favorite. I would probably say I really love red carpet. I really love it. So there's two, red carpet and definitely fashion shows because it's where you start and it's just a, it's a, something that pumps through your body when you're doing that. So definitely that. But I love red carpet because it's just such a nice moment with someone before they walk out. They're nervous. You see all what goes on behind the scenes and you get that second where you calm them down and you have a nice moment and you get to make, and when they love it and you're like, I'm ready to go out there, it's a real sense of accomplishment too that it's all gone together with the dress, with the hair. It's And it's really nice because people enjoy it, you know. They go, oh, she looks beautiful, she looks nice, I could wear that. They get inspiration from it. So I do love red carpet, but fashion shows are amazing too because the music's going, beautiful models are around. It's something I always dreamt of when I entered makeup, so They're my two faves. I couldn't pick one. And I think red carpet particularly is an expression of a lot of what we talk about with the power and transformation of beauty, particularly on a red carpet. I'm thinking of, you know, like Brownlow and things like that. You have people walking red carpet in front of the camera, logies, exactly, that might, I suppose with logies, there's a bit of you're used to being in front of the camera if you're an actor or whatever but a lot of red carpets puts people in the spotlight who might not necessarily be in the spotlight and feeling your best whether that's from fashion or beauty really gives you the confidence to do that maybe you could talk to me a bit more about how you see from your end of the the power and confidence building that makeup can give in those moments and beyond well that's another reason why I love this um role that I have and I'm so honored because um a big part of it is someone sits down in front of you. They might have, you know, acne. They might have a bruise. They might have, and they're like not feeling great. And you kind of you hear them talk, and then they. And sometimes as they're living it, you're thinking, "Oh God, have I made the right decision talking about this?" Because I'm really, and they start to get anxious. They're scratching their neck. You know, you can get, you know, yourself if that was you, and you had to step out in front of thousands of people. So they start to like let go of the baggage almost while they're in your chair and then you start to transform and you make them feel amazing and you make them you know whether it be a smoky eye whether it be a red lip we 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 get inspiration together we share it and then all of a sudden it's like artwork you've created this piece and then when they look in the mirror sometimes it depends on the client if there's some clients that I need to keep showing them I may if not it's just at the end and it's kind of like a revealing of the final look. And when they you see their eyes sparkle, they're like, oh, my God, I love it. You're just like, that's such a nice feeling. And the confidence and any worry they have, it actually goes. I've literally seen someone being really nervy and nervous. Their hair's done, their face is done, they put on their dress, and they're like, you, it's like their Sasha Fierce comes out. And you're like, whoa, I actually helped with that. And they're like, yep. Yeah. And then they start posing, getting their photos, and, hey, Jay, do you need a selfie? Let's do a video. And their whole you helped with that and it's so much more than just you know people saying oh you know it's not all about how you look my sister's a psychologist so I'm more than anyone we're from different fields and she said to me like through seeing this I realized how much people trust their makeup artist you know you're in there say it's a celebrity you're in their home you're with their children you know you're with their husband you see everything and there's also a sense of like confidentiality and trust that's everything and you're not just the artist. So that's what I was saying before. There's so many, much more to you than just putting makeup on someone's face. 
And there is something so intimate about that, isn't it? Whether it's beauty or hair, I feel like, you know, there's that kind of joke about your hairdresser maybe knowing more about you than some of your friends because you just feel like you're in, you're creating that safe space and you feel like you're just, you're just talking and, like you said, revealing yourself. Yeah, and I think as well it's a, a really vulnerable moment because if you are getting your hair dyed and your hair is all off your face and you're like a drowned rat in front of the mirror, <laughs> you're feeling vulnerable and you're looking and going, oh, my God, I don't want So you start to be like, oh, I feel this and I feel it. And I've put on a few kilos and that's because, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend and, and then it just all comes out and it's okay because they're not going to judge you. And if they are judging you, you don't need to hear about it like you hear it with your family. <laughs> So it's a moment that, and I am really, I'm so not a judgmental person. Like I am the person that they'll tell you everything. And I'm like, you do you. It's okay. Like this is a safe place. It's all right. The next product on your list is I think one that you discovered on your move back to Australia. So obviously you spent over a decade in the UK, which is the Dr. Spiller Collagen Cream. Tell me about why this is so magical. Brittany, I'm gonna. This is something I've never said, and I hope someone never listens to this. I doubt they will, but I'm gonna tell you. I've never told anyone this. So I got back. I'd worked for ten years plus in England. I knew no one. Okay, I knew no one here. I had to start all over again. And someone contacted me and was like, they they basically booked people for like celebrities for everything, a big big agency. And the person said, look, I can't book you for anyone until I see how you do makeup, and you need to do it on me. And, you know, being someone, I was like, oh, God, I've got to start all over again. I had had a baby. So I remember going to Crown and I went there. The person was going to the after party. So I got there at like 9.30 and I was literally there to midnight. Don't forget, all I was doing was someone's face. And I was so upset. I was so mad at myself because obviously I wasn't getting paid or anything, but I was just like, I don't think this is going to give me any opportunities. I think that I've, I think this is a waste of my time. And it's very rare that I feel that, but I was like, this is not good. (laughs) And I felt like I was about to leave. And anyone who's listening, who's had that moment, whether it's beauty or whether it's in your job where you're like, this has been a disaster. I want to cry. I want to get in the car and I never want to do this again. That was that moment. And before I left, the person said to me, thanks for that. Like, obviously, the person wasn't going to pay me. So they said, I've got this contact at Dr. Speller. And I'd never even heard Dr. Speller. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. And they were like, I'll sort you out with that. And that was that moment where I said to you, sometimes you just don't know what it opens for you. And I and I tried Dr. Spiller and it, somehow, you know, she did follow up with an email. I never got any work. It was just a waste of my time. I was, I was right with that response. It was basically getting makeup done for me. But Dr. Spiller... I had a facial, I went there, I learned about the product and for six years they have like I'm basically their advocate. Like I will tell everyone about it. I'm like, I'm so sorry, I've stretched all my testers, everything, can you please send me more? And they're like, of course, and they sent to me but they know that I genuinely love their product. Like it is my go-to, it is amazing. If you haven't tried the collagen cream, I've tried so many different products. Like I love Lemur, I love all of them, you know, and Rachel Finch, she's um, obviously a good friend and client. She's always like, what is in this? It's, how good is that? And when we put it on, even at night, day, it doesn't matter when, your skin is amazing. I actually need some now because I'm looking quite dry. <laughs> and how, yeah, how does it fit into your routine? Is it one that you use as prep before makeup? Is it day, is it night, or is it a, a very versatile one? So my own little routine and um, 
what I do is I will put on a sand and sky. They're these new emu drops. I don't know if you've used them. The glow drops, they're amazing. So I put them on. It's almost like water and you're like, this is not going to moisturize. I'm obsessed with it. And I put that in my face first. So start with like my thin layers. Then after that, I put on a vitamin C. And then the next step is putting on the collagen cream. So um, you can use it like kind of double as a primer and a um, moisturizer. So it works as both and I put it on as blue and you've got to really like massage because I'm all about massaging too, um, whether it's with a Foreo, um, I love the Foreos, or else just with your own um, your fingers. Moisturise, moisturise, moisturise and then put on your foundation. You've just got a really nice glow um, underneath. If you're oily, I would avoid kind of your forehead because it makes you a little bit more shiny. It sounds great. You might have uh, converted another person here <laughs> after that cell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. As you mentioned before, moving back to Australia, you almost had to reestablish yourself here. Tell me about kind of that period. I guess you you kind of touched on it before. You had a solid, well-established career as a makeup artist and hairstylist in London to kind of come back and feel like it was almost starting again. How did you get yep. from there to obviously where you are now? I just said yes a lot a lot and in that time I had another baby um, I had a newborn so by the time my first baby was one I had another one so I just took I guess every opportunity is a really important one um, I also switched my Instagram at that time my twin sister was like your Instagrams are private any reason for that I was like I don't want anyone seeing what I'm doing she's like uh you need to swap so I changed it right so I think also I came back to Melbourne in a really good time with social media it was a. It is a bit about time. A true, true believer, maybe luck isn't something that is just given to you, but I think timing is important. So it was a good time. I think it's just that one when one door opening and then more. So I, the first call I ever got, you know, six years ago, was from IMG for Rachel Finch. Got booked on that, and then she booked me every single shoot. Flew me to Sydney. Like I had really amazing opportunities through her. I met Maya. Maya was so amazing and loyal to me, and they've been a great client met Bellamy's Organic who would fly me to Tasmania. You just always, always treat these people. It doesn't matter who you're doing. One time I did a bride. She was sitting in my um, house and I, we were talking and I was just like being me, being normal. Better. And then at the end of it she was like, I didn't want to tell you, but I'm the head of marketing at um, High Point. I want to get you involved for like beauty. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, amazing. And it was just those genuine, like I didn't talk to people just to get something off them. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where people see that. And if you're in a situation and or a wedding or just doing a client, you don't know who anyone is. So treat everyone the same, not just a celebrity or a VIP. Treat that bride that you're doing at that moment as the most important person because you just don't know what opportunities open. So that's what I think was key in these last six years. I just, even now, like, doesn't matter. I don't care. If you're in my, let's have a laugh. Let's just talk about anything. And if that is something that's good for you, every makeup I do, my whole motto is I need to learn something. By that 45 minute to an hour, I have to take something away, whether it's I learned something about how to be a mother or how to be a better wife, a better person, a better friend. I've, I've got to learn something. I don't know. That's my little thing. And and hopefully they do too. But if they don't, I just, I got something out of that. I love that approach. I think that's something that can be applied to kind of any interaction you have with anyone using it, yeah. being open and using it as an opportunity to learn because we, we can always be learning more. A hundred percent. And when you look back, uh, I suppose specifically at the last six years at your career so far, since you've been back in Australia, what's kind of the biggest 
highlight, whether it's a certain job or a person that you got to work with that was really exciting? What stands out? There's a few. One would be like, you know, some of the opportunities from internationals. So like Sophia Ritchie, I remember when I did her, that was a big deal. Lindsay Lohan, Charlie Sheen, they're these people that you're like, oh, they're, you know, I grew up watching Mean Girls, you know, and they're very, they're down to earth, they're normal girl, normal men and women. And you do kind of go, oh, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, I was, I've never been nervous before a job ever, ever, ever. Um, so I think that's a reflection of like, maybe you are where you're meant to be. Secondly, the other one that I really was like, it was really good feeling was Maya got me to direct all the shows. Like they did a show, uh, I think it was six shows around Australia. So Brisbane, um, Sydney, Melbourne, every state. And I had a team and Max sponsored it. And that was like a really amazing, I'm really grateful for that. I wanna, one thing I have to say for anyone in the beauty industry is like the sky's the limit. There's beauty in everything. And I think whether I was at the cricket, for God's sake, <laughs> who actually thinks beauty and cricket? And I was there with a beauty bar. It was like the biggest line. And I remember the um, cricket Australia were like, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, because it's all about embracing women and embracing where it's such a good time to be a woman and to be in beauty skincare it's like thriving I hope there's more to come <laughs> I also love that as well I suppose it's like like you were kind of saying that people were surprised that beauty was doing so well at the cricket when it's like women have multiple interests we can love beauty and we can love sport and those don't have to exist in separate worlds separate yeah and and there was alcohol as well so I mean all three together <laughs> The fifth product on your list is one that I think you keep coming back to or is one that you always repurchase, which is the Becca Skin Love Foundation. Why is this such a great base product? Because when it comes to foundation, I think if you ask any artist, it's like asking who's your favourite child, you know what I mean? Like you've just got more than one and it's like an equal thing but it depends on what skin and what you're after. I, I like it personally because I think Becca as a brand overall really hit the nail on the head with like a, a beautiful beautiful skin, whether it's their highlighters or their foundations. Their colours are really good so from a light to dark colouring, um, it, it's great. It's also the consistency, the smell. I'm, I'm just, I'm quite. I just love the way it sits on my skin and most of my clients. Um, once again, it just depends on oily. I think if you're really oily, it's really hard to get an amazing foundation. So you'd probably have to use what I call a cocktail foundation, where you have a few um, that you take their best bits and then you get a real matte one to pop in it. But I think any matte, purely matte foundation, it's just not my vibe. Being trained like all about youthfulness. I'm just like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't put putty on your face. <laughs> what is the most common makeup question you get asked? Kind of what's the uniting query or concern that you see from women, no matter who they are or where they work? They're, a lot of the time they ask about under the eyes, how it cannot be like I always put um, concealer on and it gets so creased or what's the perfect nude lipstick? They're the two I get asked a lot and unfortunately it's really hard with um, <laughs> underneath your eyes because it comes down to hydration. It comes down to I think now a lot of my friends text me and they're like what's a great collagen or, or nail and hair health supplement I can take? And I think it's starting to get bigger but I'm 35 so I missed the boat early on which a lot of people 
you know, that's when you need to start it. So it's hydration, first off, that comes from your gut and, and inside. And secondly, it's about prepping the area. So using eye creams and even with concealers, not going straight up to the eye, actually leaving a little bit of space and letting your oils absorb it. And then if it's like a wedding and you did your, wed- your makeup at eight o'clock and you're like oh that makeup artist was awful because look at my eyes they're all creased it's like she can't perform miracles yet <laughs> so when I've had someone they're like now nah, I had like five trials babe I could never find the perfect I was like girl first off drink some water <laughs> secondly just grab the warmth of your fingertips and just like press it in under your eyes and 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 that helps so that's that nude lip is a real hard one I think KKW like Kim Kardashian's lip nude range is amazing I think Charlotte Tilbury has some really great ones um and it's old school but MAC like MAC are the OGs they started it and I think you do have two specific MAC lip liners on your list strip down and cork are these ones in your kit or are these your personal favorites that you use or both they're probably both. So at the moment, I'm, I'm, you probably can tell I've been loving like the kind of 90s, like um, the Kardashians all doing it. Everyone's kind of, it just changes a look. And it's a bit like of a brown line, a bit J-Lo, Jenny from the block <laughs> with the nude. Kate Moss, it's just a, a dark, but, but it's really good for people that can kind of want their lips to look a bit more 3D or a bit bigger. But you've got to be really careful that you don't just look like you had a cappuccino, you know. <laughs> 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 because I, I, yeah so I I think it's really important that you you know some people they do suit pinker tones so if you are more on the pink there's other brand there's other colors these are more like kind of brown nudie and some just suit more of a pinky peach so they are my faves so. how you do makeup for say a runway or a photo shoot or a red carpet or even a wedding can be very different to just doing your makeup day to day because obviously there's a different goal or purpose for each thing. But are there any particular tricks or hacks or approaches that you will do for, say, days when makeup needs to last a long time, like on a uh, like a red carpet or a wedding, that can be applied to every day? Because I suppose there's a lot of conversations about, you know, the really heavy makeup that we see on social ma- media isn't made for, you know, every day going to work. But are there aspects that can be translated? Yeah, I think Brit, the biggest thing for me is like, and you would see it because you've got that exposure to, you know, working around women and seeing a lot of women in the office or whatever. You put on your makeup at home, you look great. You get in the office, by lunchtime, you know, you're running out to get something, you look in the mirror and you're like, where has my makeup gone? It's gone. And um, everyone's like, well, what, what's going on there? That's the biggest thing I get asked and probably what I saw being with my background working as well prior. So what I've and through lives and masterclasses when I do them is it's actually the opposite to, you know, less is more. Yes, less is more. But don't be scared to apply product and think, this has to last me. It's about layering and it's also about upkeep. So, you know, when you see somebody like your makeup's lasted all day, they're either probably quite dehydrated and really dry. <laughs> and the drier you are, your foundation will not move. If you are someone that you've really looked after your skin, you're really moisturized, it's going to have that foundation on on top and it's either going to reject it and like try and get the oils to push it off or it's going to just like all mix and like calcify and so sometimes you do have to you do have to upkeep your foundation that's one part but um a good thing is primers so 
find your primer. People are like, oh, just primers aren't for me. And I'm like, well, it's like anything. You need to find the right one. So benefit like pore minimizer. I find that that works with most people, not for pores. Um, It does work great for like filling in pores if you've got like a scar or something. But it works really great with like creating that silicon in between your face and your foundation. Even if you're someone that you like natural products, and um, you don't want to want to use like foundation directly onto your face. Pop on a natural primer and then put on you know a foundation. But powder as well. Not a lot of people use powder. You'd be surprised how many people are like, oh no, powders for old people. <laughs> I'm like, no, powder is how it stays on. And but I would say the biggest thing I've realized is even with eye makeup, your eye is going to absorb it. The oils from your eye. Don't be scared to put a little bit more definition and and buff it in with a bronzer. Use a brown eyeliner and kind of go a bit hard and buff it in with a bronzer. And that eye, as your oils absorb, it actually looks really nice and natural. But when you're doing it in the morning at like 7 a.m., it might be like, oh, it's this evening. It's not. By the time you get to the office, it's just day makeup. So many great tips there. And I think there's also a nice reminder in there that makeup is is magic in some sense, but it can only do so much you can't expect you know a different face or a different skin type from a product because it's it's how it has its limit (laughs) yeah and I think the biggest thing if anyone that I've done classes with is I teach them about understand your skin and what you need don't be like I saw this person I want to look like that but but you might need to not copy and paste the list underneath you might need to find alternatives that match your skin. The seventh product on your list is a bit of an iconic one, I think. It is the Anastasia Beverly Hills Contour Kit. Tell me about why this one has made the list. Yeah, it, it, this one, like, I just can't seem to find anything that comes close to it in terms of the range. It's It's got cool tones, warm tones. I use the medium one. On the eyes, as a sculpting, um, I've even used it like brush it on the lips to like contour the lip. If I don't have a liner, you can use it, you know, to sculpt the nose um, on the body. It's just for me, even if you have nothing but a concealer and that, you can create a beautiful like and a highlighter because I'm all about cream highlights. But you can, you know, really create a beautiful look on the eyes, everything, and you don't need eyeshadow palettes. You Because also if you're at home, you kind of want one or two products like that do more than just one thing you don't want it to just be like oh let me grab that that you, you want things that do more than just their one into um one purpose that what they were intended to do so this is a great um thing a great palette for that I also um when I was in New York I came across it so once again travel <laughs> reminds me of that of being in New York and I think it's just a great universal staple that really nothing comes close to it I think and speaking of multi purpose and very hardworking products when it comes to your makeup kit how does a product what kind of test does it have to pass to earn a place in there and is it something that is I mean I imagine that you are constantly refining and editing and switching out but is it I mean you can't lug you know a trolley's worth of makeup to every job that you do how do you work out what goes in your kit funny you say that because today after I was going up a staircase with like one huge like overseas 30 kilo suitcase plus two little ones I was like I need to wear this hat and I think you do cull them probably every six months but it's what you know makeup uh, I mean it's so much now there's so much product and then there's also your staples that you've always used so for me I use it on myself so I'll trial it on myself for about two weeks mascaras are are the hardest I think I'll always trial them on me 
Um, and if I start to see, you know, when you feel it, when have you ever had it when your lashes start to get like, they just hurt almost because the mascara is not doing its job and it's just sore. I'm like, you're gone. <laughs> you're out. And so I do test a lot on me. Um, the foundations, it's sometimes a trial and error that you start, you sometimes make mistakes, you know, as artists and you go, whoa, looking back at that photo, she's really shiny. And I didn't, that, that's not going to be my kit anymore. That's no, that's a that's a sign of weakness there for me. She's out. But a Bobby Brown, um, the BBU palette, a lot of artists have. That's just like for every skin tone. It's like it's amazing, and and that's probably what I go to when it's compact. So it's all about the size, the purpose, and the ones you can and can't live without. If you if you haven't touched it in like three months, I'm like she needs to go. Ruthless, I love it. Yeah. And then I go into the job and they're like, oh, where's that? Um, we're after a pink eyeliner. And I was like, just threw it out. Great. <laughs> I get the impression from reading a few interviews you've done and obviously following you. And it's something that I really love about your work is I get the impression that for you, there's no such thing as a beauty rule. I love that you kind of don't subscribe to those hard and fast. You can't do this or you can't do this. Is there a particular, I suppose, commonly touted or accepted rule that really frustrates you as a makeup artist that you just want to throw out yeah that's a hard one I think ever since I've been filming um another thing that I've actually in my career that's been really massive that happened this year is um on channel seven every Sunday we have house of wellness and it's a it's it's on the tv and I'm with PJ from the radio and we go in and we're like, oh, someone's got no idea about beauty and me, I'm apparently the expert <laughs> and we we go together. And it was through that that I realised the rules. She's like, oh, babe, you can't, I don't think you can do that. I was told you can't do that and I'm always breaking them. And I think the biggest thing is like the one that I tend to follow most of the time is creams with creams, powder with powder because if you start to go cream, powder, cream, but it, you just start to get a bit of a mess. And I think you, I've had it, like I'm sure you've had it, where you're looking and you're like, have I got like, have I been punched in the face on this side? Because the cream and the powder, if you're bronzed. So that rule I tend to mainly stick to. But other rules I'm trying to think, because there's so many and I don't follow them, not engraved in me. Like I just, what examples, what rules do you think that you always hear? I'm trying to think. I suppose there's um, like the rules of like, you you know, you either pick eyes or lips, you can't do both. Oh, like yes. You can't wear glitter and things like those. Yes. Okay. So I do believe that mature skin probably don't stay away from like the shimmery tones. I normally, if I do an eye, I normally will do kind of a matte eye. If you are going to add some shimmer, only with a cream on top of the powder because it's it, this is when I'd use a cream on powder because it gives you more of a gloss look. Um, so there you go, right then and there, I broke the rule. <laughs> Love I it. literally, I literally don't don't follow the rules, and it's so funny. It's like you know how good it is when um, you're teaching someone how invigorating it is, where they're like, okay, um, next time I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to do the rules, but the eye and lip one it's all on your face. It's all on the symmetry of your face. It's all on, have you got really deep set eyes that if you add eyeliner, you look natural or you look like you've got a lot of eye makeup on and then you add red lip. It's, you maybe not be able to carry it. It's like someone who could actually wear a short skirt and a midriff top and they look amazing. And then there's, if that was me, no, no, just get the legs out, put, put the top 
to bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just dependent on you. As a makeup artist, obviously you do get to do more serious makeup and experiment and play on other faces as well as your own. But when you think about your relationship to beauty, and I suppose particularly how it's changed as you've as your career has developed and as you've gotten older as well, how do you kind of reflect on it? How do you kind of view your relationship with beauty? I would view beauty as the thing that keeps me alive and keeps me happy. Firstly, it's what it does for me. I hate to be selfish. (laughs) But um, when I'm there and I'm in that moment, I'm so happy. And it doesn't matter if it is for a wedding or if it's for the red carpet or if it's for TV or if it's an internet. I am my happiest other than when I'm with my babies, with um, with makeup. So I could have something bad happen in my life and when I'm in that, those 45 minutes with that person, I don't think of anything else. I'm in the moment. So first off, it's the happiness it brings me. Um, secondly, I love, I do love the creative process. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm still learning a lot about me. And I think through this, I, coming from such a strict background and like having to get a degree and be quite rigid in like my upbringing in that respect, love your mum and dad, but you know, it was like, get a degree. I have now turned into such a different person. Like I'm really creative and I want to do art lessons now. And I want to, I'm like looking at interiors and I'm just, I'm just changed a lot. So I'm getting all this inspiration. and I'm becoming, that's actually later for me. And I, even though makeup, exploring different avenues. So makeup is one stream of what I do. Um, I think teaching is a big part of what I do. I love educating. I love, that's what I love, just talking about makeup. As you can tell today, I love talking. <laughs> and also, above all, is empowering women and f- and making them feel amazing. So, you know, I had one woman, she had two babies, she put on weight and she was like, you know, I've never liked my hair. And I look at that and I'm like, this is a challenge. I need to do a really good job on this. I'm competitive against myself. So I'll be like, I need to make you feel good. And then when she felt good, she was sending me selfies. I was like, I've been in that spot when you've had children, you're feeling down and your husband looks at you and you're done up and he loves you, but men are visual, yeah? So when they see you... It was like, you look amazing. And it was nice that I helped her feel that. So, and that's a memory of someone that I drove to Bo Morris to do their makeup. So it's just every experience, how I get to make people feel and how I feel. And I suppose particularly on that last note, what's the message about beauty that you really want your daughters growing up knowing? And realizing yeah that's a really good question because of what I do I'm really scared that my girls are around too much hearing like oh you're beautiful you're beautiful it's not just about that so I would say the message I want them to know is that it's expressive so if you're having a bad day and you feel that maybe popping on a red t-shirt or a red lip or when you're old enough <laughs> makes you feel good <laughs> then you put you put that on and you do it but you definitely don't need to mask your face you've got an amazing face and it's expressive do what makes you feel good if you don't want if you want to go out and invest in skincare and I'm I think makeup now a big part of it is skincare look after your skin look after it because it's you only get one face for the rest of your life so look after it but it's expressive and it's empowering and beauty and I know this sounds so corny but I'm telling you I've sat in front of the most beautiful women I can honestly say around Australia and around the world and when you get to know really them inside you're like whoa you are even more beautiful so 
you know, smiling eyes. It comes out in your eyes, a kind heart. A kind. So, and then you, you, I think, yeah, it's something that's inside as well. A beautiful message that I think we could all do with hearing at any age, whether we're young or old. So thank you for sharing that. That was really beautiful. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we have reached the final product on your list, which is the Stila Dual Lip and Cheek in the shade Camellia. Yes. So anyone that knows kind of my style, I mean, when people go, what's your style of makeup? I really don't know, but I know that I love skin and I know that I, I don't do anything that's like, whoa, she looks like a different person. I'm not about, that's not my style. It's more about, I always say that person in HD. That's my style, I'd say. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to change you. I don't want to, I'm not, there's people that are like really artistic and are like, I can do it. And if it's for like a shoot, that's amazing. But day to day, I'm about making someone look like them in HD. And I think what this product does is it's versatile. I'm all about lips and cheeks and creams. And this is a really beautiful shade that Stiller, who I love, and it's really versatile. It suits everyone. You can use it on your cheeks. You can use it on your lips. If you wanted to, you can use it on your eyes. It's, it's, it's great. And I think, why Stilla is such a good product is I met Stilla Contacts from New York in Mecca land and they recently sponsored me for Grand Prix which I had all this Stilla product I was so excited and then COVID-19 hit (laughs) so um, that didn't really work out but I am really grateful and I will there'll be a moment that I can use all the Stilla products but yeah that that one in particular stands as well as their liquid liner because I do love a good liner (laughs) Their liquid liner is the best. I love that one. It is. Jade, it is now time for what some people call the hardest question of Beauty Island, which is you've talked me through the eight products that have a special memory or meaning for you or that you just love. But as I send you off to the remote Beauty Island, I am very cruelly only letting you take one of those products with you. So only one (gasps) you've spoken about today. I will give you a bottomless supply of sunscreen, so you don't have to worry about that. Which of the products that you have talked me through today will you be taking with you? And it doesn't have to be practical. It can just be for the the fun that they give or what they represent, but it can only be one. This is so hard. <laughs> I think I would take, oh, it's such a tie. I'm like, can't I take two? <laughs> what are you tossing it's, up between? I'm tossing up between Dr. Spiller and the Marc Jacobs body bronze that I use on my face. The reason being I have a few ways I could use mix them together so I could mix the collagen with the cream and make it like a lip and put it on my eye and then also use the collagen as like hydrating. But if I think I had to pick one, call me completely vain, I'd go with the bronzy <laughs> because... I've got sunscreen, so I'm not going to burn. And the likelihood is I can't get a spray tan. So, I'm, so I need colour. If, if I have a bit of colour in my face, then you can use it on your eyes and I feel good. So I probably would go with the Marc Jacobs, like the, yeah, the bronzer. That would be my go. Fantastic choice. Jade, it has been truly a delight and so much fun to talk through <laughs> your beauty journey and career and adventure with you today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Beauty Island with the talented Jade Kisnobo. You can find where to follow her plus all the products she spoke about in today's episode in the show notes. If you fancy chatting more beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at Brittany Beauty BTS, where I regularly share products I'm loving and talk about all aspects of beauty culture. 
As I said at the start, you can also sign up to my regular beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty for thoughts and recommendations straight to your inbox. Head to the show notes for the links to all of those things. Thank you and until next time, bye-bye.